This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, talking a little PGA here on the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. Jimmy Ott, along with Brady Cannon, and well, red hot Brady Cannon. So nice, nice one to come in on the second, uh, second major of the season, Brady, because you uh, got on the back of Jason Day down at the Byron Nelson uh, pre-tournament, hit at sixteen to one. Congratulations, way to go, come in on a roll. Hey, thank you very much. Yeah, pad the bankroll a little bit, a few extra bullets to shoot for the second major of the year. Uh, but that was fun. I had a good week and, and it was, uh, you know, thankful that it came when it did because I had had about three poor weeks in a row after the Masters. Uh, I just kind of fell off a little bit. Uh, but now, you know, with a positive week, did well on the matchups, uh, hit the top 20 finishers for a few guys, and, and of course had the winner. So it was nice coming in with a little bit of head of steam into the second major of the year. Really, you know, what we live for week to week. Certainly, we're trying to make money. But as a fan, this is the good stuff when we get to the big boys. Brady, a little similarity here as we went into the the Masters as well, because how would you compare or contrast it? Because we have the elevated events, and everybody was kind of taking taking a week off. Now, this wasn't a PGA event, but it was a live event in Florida that Brooks Kepka won, and that shifted his odds lower, and, man, he was definitely a factor coming down. looked like he was going to win it uh, in Augusta. Jason Day, the same thing. Odds before this win were 40 to 1, shifted to about 30 to 1, estimating that right there. And also, the decision for Scheffler to play in the Byron Nelson, where so many of the contenders skipped it, of course, of his local ties uh, to the Dallas area. But how does that affect it? Did that help Kepka? Will it help Day? Does it affect uh, Scheffler in any way? Well, yeah, as far as the live results, of course, Dustin Johnson was your winner last week in Tulsa, and I think he certainly fits the bill for this week uh, at Oak Hill in Rochester. And, and as you allude to, we saw the same thing with Kepka, you know, coming off of a win there prior to the Masters, and he absolutely competed in that major championship to get the major year started uh, back in April. I think it uh, confirms one thing about Brooks Kepka that, you know, for a couple years there, he was definitely battling injury. And number two, he definitely, you know, there's always been the narrative that all he cares about is the majors. Well, you know, I mean, that was pretty evident the way he came out guns ablazing at Augusta. And I think he'll do the same thing here this week uh, in Western New York. And then as far as Scotty and, you know, some of the other guys, Jason Day, Tyrrell Hatton, 
Uh, obviously, Day finishing first and Scotty just a few shots back and Tyrrell Hatton finished top five. He had another great week. That's uh, two straight top fives on tour for Hatton, finishing third at the Wells Fargo and then fifth at the Byron Nelson. I think he could be a sneaky pick this week. The guy plays tough golf courses really well. He has a win at Bay Hill. That's a long golf course where you have to hit long irons well. Uh, relatively, you know, a little bit pinched off of the tee. Some similarities certainly there with Bay Hill. Uh, but, you know, I think that's a tough you know, handicap or, or element to take into account in your handicap is how do these guys come off of, you know, a week uh, that they did well or poorly or what have you. I, I think it'd be real easy to say, you know, if Scotty missed the cut or if all these guys missed the cut, then you figure that gives them a couple extra days and they come in fresh. You know, can you really go against them because they played really well the week before? Um, is Jason Day possibly out of gas? Does he does he exhale a little bit after finally getting his first win in over five years? It, it's really tough, and maybe that's better for an in-game type wager. I don't know if I would want to go for them or against them right out of the gate, maybe in a head-to-head matchup or something like that. I'd probably want to see what kind of form they're in that first round, maybe before I did anything further, because I think all three guys... You know, obviously they're three of the best players in the world, but specifically I do think their skill sets fit pretty darn well with this golf course too. So, uh, you know, I don't, a lot of times, Jimmy, you know, in college football, NFL, whatever it is, off of a big win, you want to fade that team the next week. Oftentimes they're set up for a letdown. I don't know if that'll be the case with Jay Day. This could just be a springboard and, and, uh, you know, be a real surge for him. I, I felt coming in, missing the cut at the Wells Fargo, that's the first cut he's missed in a long time. It was prior to the Masters. I don't think he had finished worse than 19th in any tournament in 2023. Jason Day has really been on a roll here, turning around his career in the last 12 to 18 months or so. But I felt missing the cut at the Wells Fargo, a tournament that he's won before, probably didn't sit well with him. And going into another major championship that he's won, the PGA, he probably wanted to get things right. And, and of course, he's a former Byron Nelson winner, too. Uh, so I thought the stage was set for him to bounce back rather than kind of use this as a tune-up. And that happened to work out. We'll see how it works out going forward into this week. Talk about the course, uh, this uh, at Oak Hills in Rochester, New York. Uh, three uh, previous U.S. Opens, four previous PGAs. The last one was a 2013 PGA. Jason Duffner wins that one. But they've had a major renovation since then, this 7,400-yard uh, uh, course. Donald Ross design uh, with the bent grass greens. Uh, what do we need to know about the course? And are we with those deep roughs and narrow fairways, accuracy uh, over uh, distance is uh, sort of the key to look for? Well, I I honestly think it's going to be a little bit of both, and I I think it's going to be a fantastic golf course, and it's really a much different golf course than we saw in 2013 when Jason Duffner won. Uh, It's been lengthened by about 250 or so yards, and that doesn't sound like a whole lot, uh, but they've removed a ton of trees. They brought a gentleman in by the name of Andrew Green in 2019 to kind of restore this back to what Donald Ross had wanted to create way back when, when he did it uh, about 100 years ago or so. And there have been rave reviews of what uh, Andrew Green was able to do to kind of restore that Donald Ross style to this course. They also did 
renovations of every green complex. You mentioned the bent grass. There are subtle undulations. You have the shaved runoff areas. Uh, the bunkering is going to be treacherous. These bunkers are deep, both in the fairway and around the greens. They redid all of that. You've got a creek that runs through a number of holes that guys are going to kind of have to back off of maybe uh, because they won't be able to clear it with their driver. I mentioned the removal of the trees, like over 600 trees have been removed. Now, what that does is it opens up these fairways a little bit different from what Jason Duffner faced in 2013, where he just, you know, hit it dead straight all week. And that really led to his path to victory. This week, you're going to have more room off the tee because of the removal of those trees. But the fairways themselves, the short grass is still pretty narrow, probably about 27 yards wide on average are these fairways. But if you happen to hit it into the rough, you won't necessarily be in jail behind the trees. You'll just have to deal with some pretty nasty rough. Now, I, I don't think it's going to be U.S. Open type rough, but it's interesting this time of the year, you know, they're kind of just getting into the grass growing season, if you will. The temperatures are such where that grass is probably really thriving right now. So it hasn't had necessarily time to completely mature. But on the other hand, I think it is going to be very thick. Probably about three inches is where they'll cut it to. You know, not not some five, six, four inch, you know, U.S. Open type stuff, but I still think it's going to be very thick and, and could create some very interesting you know shots when these guys do miss the fairway. So I really think it's going to be a combination of length and accuracy. Total driving, if you will, I think will be a key statistic this week. That's a key statistic at Quail Hollow. It's a key statistic at uh, Torrey Pines. These are other big, long golf courses where you have to be long and straight. And guys like Tony Finau and Rory McIlroy thrive in those type conditions. John Rahm, also a Torrey Pines master. Uh, 7,400 yards. You've got a couple of par fives here that are both over 600 yards. You've got a number of par fours that are over 460 yards, a couple that are over 500 yards, and par threes. I believe it's three out of the four that are over 200 yards. So, you know, I think you're going to have to have a combination of length and accuracy off the tee. And then also, when you get to that second shot, you're probably going to be facing something, and maybe even if it's a par three, uh, you're going to be facing an iron shot that's somewhere probably in the neighborhood of 175 to 225 yards into a green. And, and these greens, a lot of them are elevated too. So that adds a little extra carry that you're going to have to have with your ball. Uh, so that's a stat area that I looked at this week, iron play between 175 and 225, call it long iron play, um, and, and I think that's a factor here this week, a big factor. Guys that do well from that distance uh, should have a good week. All right, uh, so the big three headed into the first major, the Masters. It was sort of tri-favorites with Rom, Scheffler, and Rory, but Rory did not perform uh, like the other two, certainly with Rom. So Rom now at Bet Rivers is the favorite at plus 750. Uh, Scotty Scheffler right behind at plus $8. Rory a little bit of a dip to 12 to 1. But uh, we'll start with uh, Brooks Kepka, who we talked about already, how close he was and was the in-tournament favorite uh, at one point for the Masters. Um, well, he's, uh, he looked very healthy and that, uh, his game was unbelievable. And, you know, it looked like he was going to, how much a slow play with, uh, Patrick Cantlay. I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, Kepka is one that you're looking at at 23 to one right now, Brady. Yeah, I did grab Brooks and the first four players I landed on, 
Uh, this was back uh, during the Mexico Open at Vedanta. And Tony Finau was your leader there through 36 holes. And he got all the way into minus money territory. He was about minus 125 after just half the golf tournament had completed. Uh, and he was the favorite to go on and get it done the rest of the way. And I kind of felt that he would. So I jumped on him knowing that his odds would be chopped, just like they were on Jason Day after he won. So I grabbed Finau at 33. Again, big hitter. And we've seen that on the PGA Tour these last three courses, the Mexico Open at Vedanta, Quail Hollow, and then this last week at the Byron Nelson. These are all big, long golf courses where that iron play from 175 to 225 was very common. So I think you can, you know, take some take some notes on what we saw the last three weeks on tour. Uh, but prior to that finish for Finau, I, I grabbed him I grabbed uh, Colin Morikawa, his long iron play, his accuracy off the tee. I took Victor Hovland for his ability in ball striking and total driving. And then I took a flyer with Ricky Fowler at 100 to 1. And then it was just this last week that I started diving in more to the course and, and what the course setup is going to be like and, and you know the current form coming in. And I landed on Kepka and also Xander Shoffley. Shoffley coming off of a runner-up finish at Quail Hollow, and Brooks had a top five finish this last week in Tulsa, what he did at the Masters. And also, I started getting into some of the comp courses and what is Oak Hill going to play like. I mentioned the last three weeks on tour, as far as distance similarities, probably not much similarities after that. This will be a much tougher test, maybe similar to Quail Hollow, but a much tougher test certainly than uh, TPC Craig Ranch and uh, Vedanta Vallarta, where they played the Mexico Open. But similarities in, in the distance factor, I guess. And and one course that I came up with, a couple courses that I came up with, were also in the state of New York, former major championship venues, Beth Page Black, which held the PGA Championship in 2019. Well, who won there? That was Brooks Kepka. And right behind him was Dustin Johnson, a winner last week in Tulsa. So I think, you know, it's just going to be the frame of mind for DJ. Is he really bouncing back into the, into the, you know, the grouping there of guys that can win major championships? Or is he, you know, truly on the back nine of his career? I think uh, it'll be a big story as to what Dustin Johnson does this week off of that win on the Live Tour. Uh, Xander Shoffley, and you look at what he not only did at Beth Page Black in 2019, but also at Winged Foot in 2020. Another New York course, big boy golf course that was long. We saw Bryson DeChambeau just overpower it. And if you look, uh, I mentioned Kepka winning the PGA in 2019. Uh, Xander Shoffley that year finished 16th at Beth, at Beth Page Black, and he was third at winged uh -huh. foot, or make that fifth at winged foot. Another Donald Ross design was Aronimink, where they played the BMW Championship in 2018. That's where Shoffley was third. Kepka finished 19th there. Finau was eighth. Ricky Fowler was eighth there. So those were three courses uh, that have held big tournaments. Of course, a part of the FedEx Cup playoff series, Aronimink in 2018. Justin Rose ended up finishing second to Keegan Bradley in that one. And then winged foot in 2020 for the U.S. Open. Beth Page Black in 2019 for the PGA. And, you know, that combined with current results had me landing on Kepka and Shoffley. I've now got six uh, outrights in pocket as we head into the PGA Championship week. 
Let, let's talk about Tony Finau. And, I mean, just super consistent. Uh, last 14 events, his worst finish is tied for 31st. Uh, two wins uh, in that uh, span as well. He has taken some money um, as uh, his odds have gone from 33 to 1 to currently at 20 to 1 uh, at Bet Rivers. Uh, you still, you still uh, have, you know, you're still going to back Finau at, at 20 to 1, Brady? Well, you know. I, I think maybe 25 would be my cutoff okay. point. Okay. Uh, and that's where he was chopped. I, I got him at 33 before he won in Mexico. And then after he did win, he immediately went to 25. 20 seems a little aggressive, but I think there's still plenty of 25s out there. If you look at Finau's stats, I mentioned the, the distance for long iron play, 175 to 200 yards, whole proximity. Tony Finau is 28th on tour, and then when you bump it up to 200 to 225 yards, he's 11th on tour. Uh, Scrambling, he's 33rd on tour. Strokes gained approach. Number one on tour is Tony Finau. Ball striking, he's 10th. Total driving, he's 17th. And bogey avoidance, he's 11th. So Tony Finau really checking all the boxes as far as some of the key statistics. He also has a very high ball flight. I think that's going to be key. Now, last week at the Byron Nelson, I don't think it mattered as much if you had a high or a lower ball flight because the greens were so soft. They had so much rain in the area that the fairways and the greens were very soft and receptive. So even if you came in with a lower shot, it wasn't going to bounce and repel all that much. This week, I think you'll see more of that. I think we'll have firmer conditions. Now, I don't think they'll be completely firm. I don't think this golf course is going to be dry, fast, and firm, Jimmy. You know, this time of year in the northeast part of the country, it's still going to be very cold in the mornings, probably a little bit moist in the grass and what have you. Uh, the ball won't fly as far when it's cold like that. So it, it's an interesting switch here from August to May for the PGA, which I believe is about the fourth or fifth year now that we're in that uh, type of schedule for this major championship. But if this were being played in August, absolutely it'd probably be firm and fast. Probably not so much this week. So I like to have that high ball flight like Tony Finau has where you can come into these greens a little bit softer rather than a line drive firing in. Yeah, the forecast of Friday is supposed to be the ideal day, uh, high 75 um, with some 15-mile-per-hour winds. But uh, Thursday, the high is only going to be 60. And then, uh, you know, later in the uh, in the week as well, Sunday, the high is 65. So, yeah, in the morning, you're going to have some temperatures that are kind of chilly uh, in uh, Rochester, New York. Let's talk some odds again. Give me another cutoff spot for another one of your picks, Andrew Shawfley. Uh, Bet Rivers, he is uh, down to 16 to 1 as he has taken on some money as well. What's your cutoff for Shoffley? I, I would probably say about 20, um, okay. you know, 19. Uh, and, and Finau, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between Finau and Shoffley. I would probably give them about a very equal chance, both of them coming in. So, you know, maybe we bump Finau up to about 22 or so, if you can find that. I, I think there are still 25s out there. And I think Shoffley, you can probably find a 20, uh, if not a whole lot shorter than that. Um, but you start getting down into 15, 16, that gets pretty short because, you know, hey, this is probably the strongest field of any golf tournament of the entire year. And that includes the Players' Championship. Uh, the PGA of all four majors, I think certainly has the strongest field of any of the majors. And and that probably bleeds out over into, you know, every golf tournament that we see this entire year. So 
you know, it, it's tough to land on one guy when you're only getting 15 or 16 to one. Um, you know, and then you look at John Rahman, Scotty Scheffler all the way under, you know, into single digits. So uh, I, I think it is going to be one, Jimmy. I mean, I think that's what we've seen this year. Uh, the, the big studs are winning golf tournaments. John Rahm, you know, he, he's won five times. Scotty Scheffler's won twice, nearly had a third one. Jason Day, uh, I mean, we have had a lot of chalky results. Tony Finau in Mexico went off at about eight to one. And, you know, that's what we've seen in the elevated events as well. Scotty Scheffler wins the Players' Championship. He wins the Phoenix Open. John Rahm wins in L.A. So these events that have had all the big boys show up, the big boys are finding their way to the winner's circle. And I think that's probably what we'll see here again this week. I don't, I mean, it's very possible that you get an outlier, a, you know, a 60, 80, 100 to 1 guy. But I think you're probably more likely to get someone, you know, at 30 to 1 or less. All right, let's talk about two more golfers. Now, one is you're looking at a better price as uh, the the odds have drifted uh, upwards. Uh, Colin Marikawa, who's got a PGA Championship uh, in his resume, 2020, and that it was his old stomping grounds uh, in the Bay Area where he went to college. So he goes coast to coast here, but he's 33 to one now, where we see we had seen him in the mid 20s, but much more favorable odds for Colin Marikawa. Yeah, and I understand it. I'm not surprised by the drift there. I got him at 25, and again, that was about a month ago. And, you know, Colin Morikawa missed the cut uh, two weeks ago at Quail Hollow. Uh, he's had he's been a little bit up and down this year. We saw him, you know, should have won and nearly did win to start the year out at Kapalua. He's had top ten finishes at the Genesis and at Torrey Pines, and, and then again a couple weeks ago he misses the cut at, at Quail Hollow. So he, he's been a little bit up and down. Um, and I don't mind twenty five to one, but obviously if you can get thirty, thirty three, thirty five, then that's fantastic. And and who knows, maybe you'll see even a little bit higher as the week bleeds on. Here. Here. Um, but I think Morikawa is a little bit sneaky long. You know, he is not considered a bomber for sure. But his his average distance on tour is just a shade under 300 yards. 297, I believe, is his driving distance average. And one thing about Morikawa, and I think it'll be key for all the big drivers of the golf ball this week, uh, it, it's how many yards does that ball carry in the air? Because I talked about the, the wetter conditions, the colder conditions, uh, anti-firm and fast, if you will. You're not going to necessarily hit your ball out there and get 50 yards a roll. It, it's probably going to stop relatively quickly. And Colin Morikawa, the majority of his distance off the tee is through the air. He's not a guy. He hits it a little higher, and he doesn't get a lot of run out. So I think that's important to take into account. How much distance are you truly getting through the air versus how much are you getting on the ground? Because I don't think you'll get a whole lot on the ground here at Oak Hill. And then if we're set up, and and we know Morikawa is one of the very most accurate drivers of the golf ball in the entire world, that's really what led him to victory there at uh, Harding Park, which, by the way, I think is a different setup, a little bit more focused on accuracy there at Harding Park. I don't think it necessarily correlates to what we'll find this week, but 
if Morikawa is finding fairways in the neighborhood of you know 280 to 290, 300 yards out there, uh, and is is better on accuracy than anybody in the field, and then he's facing iron shots from 175 to 225, that's his wheelhouse. If you look at Morikawa from 175 to 200, whole proximity, he's fifth on tour, and from 200 to 225, he's 13th on tour. So. If you're able to put Morikawa in that position where he's hitting iron shots all day long from that distance, I like his chances. Yeah, just the new position of the PGA uh, playing in May instead of August is going to uh, going to lend itself to uh, cooler temperatures uh, as well. We're talking about some of that distance. And finally, uh, before we get to come some of your top matchups, uh, but uh, Victor Hovland, uh, thirty to one, uh, is going to maintain that price uh, since the Masters. Where, correct me if I'm wrong, Brady, but uh, Best round ever in a first round at Augusta. I think for Victor Hovland, he uh, he started very strong. Still finished top 10. Yeah, he had a great Masters. And, you know, he came right back that uh, next week at Harbortown and was almost the first round leader there as well. I think he shot a 64 uh, at uh, the RBC Heritage the week following the Masters. So he was obviously in really hot form there uh, for about a week. And he hasn't done a whole lot since. He wasn't overly impressive at Quail Hollow, where I really thought that golf course was going to be a good setup for him. But he has taken the week off here. I mean, this guy has performed very well in major championships. He has a third-place finish at Torrey Pines, you know, another big golf course. Uh, I think Victor Hovland just has the skill set that ought to work at this golf course very well. And I talked about, you know, the last three weeks on tour of catered to the longer hitters, the longer iron players. And that's why I really thought Quail Hollow would be good for Hovland, as did a lot of other people. He didn't really show up there. But giving him a second chance here, I I think this uh, golf course will set up well for what Victor Hovland does very well. And probably the strength of his game is the driver and ball striking. He is number four on tour in total driving. So getting it out there far and straight, the long iron play is very good. The one part of the game that you worry about with Victor Hovland is the chipping around the greens, but he has improved. He's moved all the way up to uh, 43rd on tour in scrambling. So he's getting up and down. Uh, He's going to have to, all these players are going to have to deal with making some sand saves, I imagine, this week with the new renovated bunkers around these new greens. Very difficult situations there around the green. But if I've got a good long iron player and a player who's hitting it down the middle and long uh, on these tight fairways, again, I like that guy to be able to hit more greens in regulation than the guys who are a little bit shorter or more errant off the tee. So, You know, the skill set for Hovland and also the way he's been playing coming in, the way he fared at the Masters, he showed us what he can do on a major championship stage. Uh, I think he's a decent bet this week. And and at 30 to 1, I think it's a pretty good number. And you might be able to even get higher than that as we go on through the week. All right. uh, Matchups aren't set yet, the pairings. But uh, any that you're looking for when they do come out, Brady? Well, you know, I, I think I would probably tend to favor, again, longer hitters over, over the shorter, more accurate guys. Uh, we okay. talked about earlier in the program, you know, the guys that played last week at the Byron Nelson. Do you fade them, you know, having a, a little bit less rest or less preparation going into this tournament? I think that's a tough question to answer. Uh, you know, you might end up getting some big prices on these guys at the top. Uh, I, I remember just this past week, Scotty Scheffler 
was, uh, I, I think, you know, in the neighborhood of minus 285 or something to beat Tyrrell Hatton. And I had Tyrrell Hatton at, at like plus 215 and, and nearly got there. I, I think they ended up being tied. So that, that was a push on that matchup. But you might find some of that because, Jimmy, you know how it is, and we've seen it for a couple weeks here on tour. With this big three that we have, with Rory, Scotty, and Rom, and their odds being so short, you know, they're, they're in single digits, basically. And then the next closest guy, you're almost to 20 to 1. So you're going right. to see that reflected in the matchups as well. You might have John Rahm at, at minus 300 over a Colin Morikawa or something like that. And, and it's tough to not take a, a 2 to 1 or a plus 200 price on, uh, on a guy. The, these big three, they're just creating an odds discrepancy, I think. And you're not always obviously going to win. But the price sure looks like the value is on the side of the underdog in some of those situations. There you go. Uh, getting ready for this Thursday. Again, Oak Hills in Rochester, New York, the PGA Championship. Follow Brady on Twitter, at Las Vegas Golfer, host of the Heat Strokes podcast uh, each and every week as they uh, do a great job of breaking down the uh, different golfs. We're going to have Brady for all of the majors right here on the Sports Betters Paradise. For Brady Cannon, I'm Jimmy Otter, the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.